and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we just have to come out and just, we're going to lead with our mistakes here. Apparently math is not our strong suit. So we've been, I think we've been telling you, myself especially, that this is a five-part series. It's a six-part series. Apparently I can't Surprise. count. Okay, Surprise. So, Surprise for us yeah, too. Welcome to a bonus <laughs> A bonus episode, but y'all are probably listening going, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, we have no idea. Welcome to our world. Okay, so today we're going to talk about becoming the father, which is the technically the conclusion. Next, we're going to talk about the epilogue of living the painting and a lot of beautiful things. So, um, yeah. A lot so. of beautiful things, which we haven't even considered yet. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, uh, yeah, thanks for saving us with the screenshot of what we actually said we were going to do. And we're like... Oh, oh, right. We should do that. You know, yeah, that's interesting. We're not schedule keepers, <laughs> but we are embracing it. Guess what? This is, we have other, yeah, guests. we do. And so instead of getting <laughs> jelly beans in your Easter basket, you are getting an extra podcast episode on the return of the prodigal son. And we are excited about it. So Heather, how are you? You're in your new beautiful house. It looks so gorgeous. I'm so good. I can't even, I can't get my head around it. I've been walking. I feel like I'm floating around my house, actually. Girl, yeah, you are. It's so wonderful to be here after two years of waiting and building and dreaming uh, to finally be in this home, which I just, yeah, it's beautiful on every level. One, because when you design a home, like there's just parts of you in it, you know, like it's designed to, yeah, work for the family, the way that we do life here. And so I'm excited to make it a home because that's very different. And even our kids said that they were like, I said, how do you feel about the house? They're like, oh, we love it. And they're like, can't wait till it feels like home. I was like, oh, that's so, that's so sweet. Me too. You know? So I think now that we're getting settled, like most of the boxes are away and unpacked. Now we can start making it a home. And um, we live on some property, so it's just been so good for my soul to be outside in the wide open, dogs running around, just breathing deep and really just pouring out my gratitude to God for his abundance. And um, it feels weird to be experiencing this much joy and peace in Lent because <laughs> normally Lent, I'm like, let's go hardcore, you know? Um, yeah. but I also feel like the last couple of years has been a Lent of sorts. You know, there's been a lot of suffering and journeying very deep into yes. painful things. And, um, this is a time of resurrection. I just can't get around that. Uh, and I'm so grateful for it. So mm-hmm. yeah. How are you mm-hmm. sister? Mm-hmm. Good, good. I have been, it's been Lent in full effect and I've had just the wonderful uh, privilege of just visiting people in different parts of the country and speaking about the Lord and mercy and forgiveness. And we are now, I mean, who knows when this episode airs, what will happen, but we are on the uh, quarantine. Well, not the quarantine, but just like a lot of cancellations mm-hmm. now because of the coronavirus and fears of it spreading. So within a matter of 24 hours, my next two weeks have totally cleared up. So, <laughs> so I'll be at home and just seeing what the Lord has in that. But uh, yeah, just praying that everybody is, is safe and well and can heal from whatever this is, is and um, kind of, yeah, that the Lord protect us from anything untoward. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's a really interesting mm-hmm. place to be in because we've never quite been here before. Mm-hmm. And to like not give in to the Mm-mm. fear 
you know, and understand that God mm-hmm. holds us in the palm of his hand, you know, that it's not just random how life happens, um, but also being wise mm-hmm. about the decisions that we make. So I know yeah. I'm praying a lot about yeah. that. Beautiful. What about you, Miss Michelle? I am good. This Lent has definitely be, been like, she, um, he leads her out into the desert and whispers, you know, to her heart. Mm-hmm. And it has been, um, like I was just sharing with the ladies beforehand. It's just been a very deep interior Lent for me. I've just made, um, intentionally made some space for the Lord to move in my heart and really work on that. And he has shown up mm. beautifully and tenderly and powerfully. And I am just leaning in more, um, to him and like just to see like his goodness like he has welcomed me home like I feel very much like the prodigal son and the older son and the father all in one fail swoop but he has walked welcomed me home to just different places in my heart that I've not experienced before this Lent and um mm. it's painful at times yeah. and it's beautiful at times and it's tender at times it's a lot of things but it is mm-hmm. all good and it is good and um I'm just always amazed at um, the fearless pursuit of the father of our hearts and the tender nurturing care of the father in our hearts, like his mother nurturing side and his father protective side all in one. But I think this is a powerful thing when you experience it personally and and allow yourself to experience it personally. It is like a game changer. So this Lent has definitely been mm-hmm. a game changer for me. And uh, yeah, like you all, I'm like, okay, are we going to be quarantined forever here, people? But um, yeah, it's good. But I think yeah. that we have an opportunity. Like I was thinking when the world feels like it's at its worst or really dark, I think uh, we have an opportunity as the church. I always like to say an artist too, because they bring beauty to be at their best and to bring light. So that's really been my prayer. Mm -hmm. Like, do not fear, do not Mm -hmm. be dismayed. You know, I am the Lord, your God, I am with you. And how can we be light and um, hope in this, these kind of times? Like this is when I would love for the church to rise up and be a beacon of hope and beacon of light Mm -hmm. and not give into fear be wise, but not given mm-hmm. to fear. And so that is just mm-hmm. my prayer for all of us. Yeah. And so, so mm-hmm. let's dive mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. to the conclusion and next week's the epilogue because we love you so much. Because <laughs> we can't count. And we're going to need a bonus episode, which never really was a bonus. It was there the whole time. We're just realizing it now. Okay, here we are. <laughs> this was so good. I just want to say that I had a very powerful holy hour praying with this this morning. And I just, oh, this was so good on so many levels. And um, the the quote from the the, the book itself under uh, the conclusion is be compassionate as your father is compassionate. So it's really a, a growing into us living as the father, us living as the one who receives and blesses. And Henry Nowen says, I came to realize that my spiritual journey would never be complete as long as the father remained an outsider. Somehow God's love for me was limited by my fear of God's power, and it seemed wise to keep a careful distance, even though the desire for closeness was immense. That pierced me when I read it. And he says, this paralyzing fear of God is one of the great human tragedies. And I think that's part of the the lead in into keeping God as an outsider and then um, remaining in a sense of a, outside of that. And then a, like a, a disordered understanding of what fear is, which keeps us from growing into who we're called to be. And then allow, instead of allowing the closeness that we desire and that God desires w- with us far more than we could ever imagine to transform us so then we can give what the Father gives in the painting. So Heather, as you read this and this last chapter for you, what, what was stirring in your heart as you read it? 
There was, I mean, a lot of different things, but just to speak about what you brought up there, um, I feel like that's a big part of what I talk about and what our ministry is, is to unmask who God really is. And it's not that God puts on masks, but we put them on God, you know, based on our experiences of human love, you know, especially fathers, mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers, um, different situations in our life that with relationships with people that we get the impression that God is that way because we rarely see love like that. And, and on this side of heaven, we won't fully experience a love like that, that is faithful and true and where his heart is entirely good towards us. He doesn't have Mm -hmm. ulterior motives. You know, he's Mm -hmm. not going to back away. He's not playing mind games. He's not playing hide and seek with us Mm -hmm. as we experience in so many of our human relationships. So the way that we perceive God as father is often with, you know, it's not correct. It's not really who he is. And so our journey towards love, falling in love with the father and really allowing ourselves to become a son and daughter mm-hmm. and experience his goodness is to let, let him become unmasked, to take away all the masks that we place on him that give us a false impression of who he is. And mm-hmm. that's even how we interpret life. It's like, oh, well, God must be teaching me a lesson as if he's mean, oh. you know, and yes. like, and cruel. Like there's a lot of things that we subtly say and believe about God that speak of him as if he's a taskmaster or he's he's some kind he's playing a cruel game with us mm-hmm. that he's withholding from us and those are the lies of the garden we've talked about this so many times but talking about it isn't going to change it you know it's really entering into how have i believed those lies what are the masks that i've put on god the father and will i allow myself to sit in his presence and allow him to heal that and change mm-hmm. my my perception but also experience who he really is mm. because he's not just an idea. You know, he's, a, he's a person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know this in our heads, you know? So I, I love that he is beginning to talk about this so personally. Henry Nouwen is very vulnerable in how oh, he's so unnervingly vulnerable, isn't he? Oh, yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. But it's, it's easier for us to relate because we're like, Oh, I feel that way too. You know, like yes. it's so beautiful. His vulnerability leads us into our own acknowledgements of where we're far away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, Michelle, what are your thoughts about that? I agree. I love that he was talking about the paralyzing fear. Like there's something about mm. paralyzing that doesn't allow us to come close to him. Oh, you know, gosh. it makes us just stop. And just my own journey, this Lent, like where have I been frozen? Where have I been paralyzed? Where will I yeah. won't come closer? Because there's something about me that fears something. Is it, mm-hmm. do I fear intimacy? Do I fear um, the father's reaction to me? Do I fear if I come close that he will reject me? And so mm-hmm. what, like my question is, what is paralyzing me? to come closer to the father or on the flip Mm -hmm. side, what is paralyzing me to allow the father to come closer to me, you know, because Mm -hmm. he respects our boundaries. I think that's something beautiful. Like, especially you, they talk about the Holy, when you talk about the Holy spirit and the Trinity, the Holy spirit will go where he's invited, you know, so that he respects our boundaries. He doesn't force himself on us. You know, the father will never force himself on us. He's waiting for an invitation to come closer. Now, sometimes he loves us so much that he will pursue us. But he will always respect our free will and our boundaries. And so where am I frozen on my journey that I won't come closer to the Father? You know, Mm -hmm. and what do I have to um, see? And I also think to myself, um, we talk a lot about the gaze of the Father. And for me, like I've really just been praying, what do his eyes look like when they're gazed upon me? Like what do they look like? You know, they're filled with love. They're filled with compassion. 
and just to realize they're not, um, one of our young adults always says that, um, she'll get a kick out of me saying this, that she's realized one of the biggest lies she's untruth this year is that dad's not mad meaning the father. She's like, dad's not mad. And we laugh. We use it as a little catchphrase here. Like dad's not mad. And she said, because that's not who he is. But I think that sometime is our first like, um, disposition that we go to the father. He's mad at me. Like I have to, he's mad and I have to earn that he's a God of punishment. Or disappointed. Or disappointed. Mildly disgusted. Yeah. We talked about that. I think. Yeah. 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 And so, but he's not, that's not his compare. That's not his character. He is compassionate and he is loving. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah. And Henry Nouwen's vulnerability is inspiring to me because it shows Mm -hmm. both his, it shows his humanity, but how the Lord Mm -hmm. works through his humanity. And I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful gift that he has with his Mm -hmm. writing. So, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's tremendously beautiful. And I, I mean, you just think of like, even as you're saying that, Michelle, I'm just thinking of paralyzing fear and it's like the places where you can't breathe. Yes. You know, the places in our life where we just can't breathe. It's too dangerous. It's too scary. It's too, it's too much. It's, it's a fear of I'm going to lose out. It's, it's very interesting. My counselor will always ask me, um, like in the beginning of every session, she'll say like, where do you feel that in your body? Mm -hmm. Like, where Mm -hmm. do you feel that in your body? And for me, many times it's like a knife in my heart or stick to my stomach. It's like the places where you can't breathe, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think we all have those places where we can't breathe. And, you know, I think we try to manage them really well (laughs) and we try to pretend they're not there or we try to just push through or, um, yeah, I just was having a very deep conversation with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph this morning about that very thing, you know. And yeah, the places where, yeah, where we that we're just paralyzed, and just thinking of how the Lord comes to us and how He receives us. And I've never been shamed by Christ, mm. never, mm. never, 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 never. Um, I've shamed myself, and I've shamed other people, and people have shamed me, but Christ has never shamed me, not once, ever. And so you just think of those places where, where you get so used to them. We just get so used to living life that way that we don't even know there's another way to live. And thank God there's another way to live. And it requires this risk of intimacy, this risk of vulnerability, this risk of transformation. So then we can, too, be that for others. How are we supposed to be that for others mm-hmm. if, if we can't receive it and be that for ourselves within with the Lord? And then, for, I mean, you know, it's just a, it's, and it's profoundly, it's a Paschal mystery, mm-hmm. right? It is the Lenten journey. We die so we can rise. We die so we can rise. We die so we can rise. And rise we will. Rise mm-hmm. we will. And we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this chapter really, like he dives into that we're all called to become the father, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that many of us just want to stay and keep relating to one of the sons. It's easier. He says it's easier to do that than to become mm-hmm. the father. And so he true. says in there, you know, no father or mother ever became a father or mother without having been a son or a daughter. And so for many of us, the invitation Mm -hmm. to become a son and daughter and experience God as our father is really the first step, but it's not Mm -hmm. the only step. And I think for many of us, we just want to stay there. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you think about that, Michelle? Because I think this really speaks of growing in maturity and Christian maturity. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a great topic to dive into. Yeah, I think it, one, well, I feel like I'm living it. It's like, for me, it's very easy mm-hmm. to stay in the childlike um, 
you know, state. It's very easy to stay like as a little girl, you know, in the father's lap, or maybe it's not for you. Maybe that's not been your experience with your heavenly father, but there comes a time where that little girl has to grow up, you know, and that she has to become a bride, you know, with Jesus and really enter into life with the Trinity. And then when she becomes a bride, she becomes a wife, you know, in some way, shape or form, whether your vocation is marriage or not, like you become a wife and you become committed, you know, and it becomes beautiful. And then you become a co-creator with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then you start it all over again. You know, it's just this continual cycle. It's called life in the Trinity. That's what it really is. But it can't say stagnant and it can't say complacent. It has to be, it's always ever growing and ever moving. And for, um, I think for me, like to realize, okay, be compassionate as your heavenly father is compassionate. That's the scripture that Henry Nouwen uses this. I think we start with when we show real signs of maturity is when we, how are we compassionate with ourselves? You know, it first starts with ourselves before others. And I was just telling the ladies before we started recording, like the the Lord, the journey has me on is like sister was saying, like it's been a journey of beautiful um, spiritual direction and beautiful counseling. But one of the things that I learned is uh, I am not compassionate to myself. You know, Mm. I'll either be selfish with myself you know, or martyrdom, but I'm not compassionate with myself. Mm. I will bucket up soldier. Let's do this. I don't have time to feel this. I don't have time. And therefore I I realize I also do that to other people. You know, I do it to other people. Like I realized I was doing it to one of my kids the other day. Like, um, I don't allow myself to feel fully. And, um, so therefore you, they can't feel fully, come on, we just got to go with this. And I'm not Mm. saying like, we need to be ruled by our emotions. Our our emotions are not dictators, but they are indicators of what's going on in our heart. So am I paying attention to what is going on in my heart? How am I speaking to myself? It was so interesting. I was talking to a woman and she's just amazing, amazing. She's actually a counselor too. And she was, she was saying, she was telling me a conversation that she was talking to herself. And she said, I said to myself, dear one, what would you, and just how tenderly she was speaking Mm -hmm. about herself. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, some people like, all right, that's weird, but it wasn't weird. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like intimate, like, whoa, like listen to the tenderness and the tone of her voice. But I don't think we can speak tenderly to ourselves unless we've received that tender tone from the father. It is Mm -hmm. the cycle that goes together. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, we can't be, and we can't be really truly compassionate fully to others unless we receive that compassion from the Father, speak it into ourselves, and then we give it away. It's, you know, like a continual cycle, like what you were saying, sister. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a development that yeah. is supposed to occur that just as we develop as human beings and we go through these stages of like, I'm a baby and I'm a toddler and I'm a little girl and I, you know, grow, grow, grow up there are stages of our feminine heart that are developed and same for the masculine Mm -hmm. heart Mm -hmm. that we have to go through each stage. But our experience is that in many of those stages, because of hurt and wounds, we get stunted in those places, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't receive what we were supposed to receive or what we needed emotionally at those stages. And so we just, it's almost like the building blocks aren't formed enough and Mm -hmm. the foundation is weakened. And so you know, if we know as a young woman, I'm a gift and I'm enough, we're able to progress emotionally uh, to the next stage. But for many of us, we haven't experienced that. And so it's very hard to eventually become the mother or the father in our maturing journey when there's a lot of brokenness there. And that's what God wants to redeem. And he can 
and Mm -hmm. he is, and he desires to. And for many of us, we don't know that. We don't believe that. We just think this is my story. I just have to accept my story. This is just who I am. Mm -hmm. And then we cope the rest of our Mm -hmm. life. You know, I think many of us believe that for a long time, the three of us sitting here, it's like, well, I just, I got to, just got to cope with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And the realization for, for the three of us in our journey with the Lord is that he spoke into each of our hearts at some point and said, no, I have more for you. I've called Mm -hmm. you to a life to the full. And this isn't just for the three of us. It's for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, sister, how Mm -hmm. have you experienced that and seen Mm -hmm. that played out for you? I think that, um, what what you're speaking of is that's the journey of holiness. That's the ongoing journey of constantly allowing the Lord to come and bring all of us, all of the parts of us into communion, you know? And I think the last three, I think the last almost, almost three years now to the day, you know, of, of just an under, yeah, another just massively deep level of healing, you know, and learning about these parts of me that, live away from the father or the parts of me that have been coping my entire life. I had no idea. I had no idea. And coming to places now where I can thank God for that, because had that not, you know, had this person not come into my life or had this situation not happened, I wouldn't have known that about myself. I had no idea. Like, and these are places that are intensely vulnerable, intensely intimate and places where the Lord loves us so much that he desires to bring us into communion and bring beauty out of that. And so, you know, mm-hmm. Bob Schutz often talks about, you know, we try to live in a sense, you know, he talks about the tree of, of, of security, of maturity, of purity, you know, and many of us are trying to live at the level of purity, whether it's sexual purity, whatever that is for you, like whether that's purity of intention or purity of heart, whatever that is, but we don't have the prerequisite security and maturity to do so. And so it's going to be really difficult for us. So what the Lord continually does is he continually comes back to the soil of our soul, which we love to talk about soil and roots, to build up security there, secure attachments, secure love, um, so we can see ourselves clearly, and then we can make a gift of ourselves. And it's not like, when I get to this, then I will. It's it's a process, and and it's little by little, and it's it's all of us have, you know, this, this soul uh, is in different stages in and of itself. And so that's the desire. And I think I love what um, Henry Nouwen says on page, I think it's 126 in the book. He says, this is the core message. He talks about compassion and being able to offer that, to sit with somebody else and to offer the heart to somebody else, right? He says, this is the core message of the gospel, the way human beings are called to love one another in God's way. We are called to love one another with the same selfless, outgoing love that we see in Rembrandt's depiction of the Father. The compassion with which we are to love cannot be based on a competitive lifestyle. It has to be this absolute compassion in which no trace of competition can be found. It has to be this radical love of enemy. If we are not only to be received by God, but also to receive God, we must become like the Heavenly Father and see the world through His eyes. And that's a that's that's the journey of holiness. This is why we do what we do. I was just having a really great conversation with somebody about like nutrition and fitness and healing and brain science. It was a fascinating conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, my friend's like, why do we do this? Like, you know, people people in the world pursue this as an end in itself. And like, we're not pursuing it as an end in itself. We're pursuing it so that we can love like God loves. Because the way that we allow these parts to become ordered, it's the extent to which we can love. If love is the goal, if God is the goal and God is love, then our lives are ordered toward what will help us to love well and to become Christ in the world. And that's what we're all about. Mm -hmm. 
But there often is like a pressure to just stay dependent. You know, he talks about Mm -hmm. this. He says, just a few pages in on this chapter, he said, isn't there a subtle pressure in both the church and society to remain a dependent child? Hasn't the church in the past stressed obedience in a fashion that made it hard to claim spiritual fatherhood? And hasn't our consumer society encouraged us to indulge in childish Mm self-gratification? Who has truly challenged us to liberate ourselves from immature dependencies and to accept the burden and responsibility responsible burden of responsible adults. And, you know, like some people might be listening going, but aren't we all called to be a child of God? Like, yes, yes, it doesn't, that doesn't disappear. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. there's, you know, my theme for this year, my word of the year is littleness. Like, so I'm really trying to live into this littleness, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like when I became a mother, there was something that unlocked in me that opened up like such a, it changed who I am. Like, and and as I became a mother, I was like, this is who I'm meant to be. This is a huge part of who I'm meant to be on a physical level. But then on a spiritual level, there's like a spiritual charism that God has given to me for motherhood. Like it extends beyond my children, my Mm -hmm. desire to, to nurture and console and provide all and comfort, you know, other people is, is a spiritual gift beyond my own capacities. But I truly believe that it's because for me, it comes easier because I had a mother who was like, I knew what it meant to be a daughter. I knew how to receive Mm -hmm. from such a beautiful mother. And this is just a model. It's like a broken, in many ways, model of what God wants to do. You know, he wants us to experience his fatherhood in such a pure way. And we can be as sons and daughters of him so that we can become him to the Mm -hmm. world, which it doesn't mean that we're up for like, how can I receive? It's how can I give? How can I selflessly Mm -hmm. pour myself out to other people to provide, nurture, restore, comfort, speak life and blessing that I'm the one who's pursuing. I'm the one who's running after the lost. I'm not just the lost coming home, you know? Michelle, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? I think we think like with Christian maturity, like I think the Lord is always offering an invitation for us to grow. Like, and I always say he is transforming us from glory to glory. Like he wants us to grow and he wants us to go through these stages. But I also think that we all have the season when I arrive, when I get to this, Mm -hmm. that we think that there's a journey. We talk about coming home and yes, it's coming like they're home, but really home is heaven. Like, so we're always on the journey together home. And I just realized that there's tension in this process of becoming like he's really offering like us this process of maturity which is becoming like you go through the cycle of being the younger son the older son and the father or the mother whoever you know but like sister was talking about the soil like I read a quote the other day and it says like the process of blooming is as valuable as the flower it produces you know mm-hmm. And, you know, like the process is part of it. This maturing process Mm -hmm. is really like you, we were saying this maturing process, this growing with the Lord does not have to be like this task thing. It is a relationship. It is a journey. It is the father taking your hand. It is the father looking at your eyes. It is figuring out what makes you come alive, what your heart needs, what your heart didn't need when you were the younger child or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I laugh when I, we like, uh, disciple like young adults. I always feel like I'm in that scene from the notebook. What do you 
you want? Just tell me, what do you want? You know, like, what do you need? But we really don't know what we want a lot of times. I don't care if you're 22 or like 45. Sometimes we don't know what our heart needs or we don't know how to verbalize what we need. So that this is a process of becoming, this is a process of becoming in holiness and in wholeness together. They fit together. Mm -hmm. Like they're the same side of the, um, two different sides of the same coin. But it is a process of becoming and blooming and enjoy the process and figure out what your mm-hmm. heart needs and mm-hmm. be compassionate with yourself, as we said earlier. And I love how he goes into like becoming the father that we go through these three stages. And he talks about um, grieving and generosity. And what's the second, third one? Second one? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah, grief, forgiveness and generosity, mm-hmm. which is so important. Yep. Oh, wow. Like just mm-hmm. like, like just right now, I'm just, I feel like I'm like when we read this, I had read it like three weeks ago. And I reread it this morning before we were recording and it just slayed me that process because I feel like I'm living it right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Heather, what are your thoughts? I think that, uh, yeah, this is a beautiful conversation. It's hard to wrap it up in 30 minutes. You know, I'm like, we're talking about such deep and profound, like things in this chapter. Like we Mm -hmm. could talk about the forgiveness piece for Mm -hmm. 30, you know, or the generosity piece, like. I just think that we, we need to put some of this into action. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really, it's easier for us to read something and go, wow, so neat. And we can write down a quote, but to integrate these things, that's the real work of it all. You know, Michelle, Mm -hmm. you're right in the midst of that. So are you sister. So am I, there's things that we're doing in our emotional lives, you know, psychological lives, personal lives that we're trying to integrate all of these ideas. And that's hard work, but so fruitful. And Michelle, you were just sharing so vulnerably with us before, like, it's so painful. It's so hard. There's no other way to get there, but the Mm -hmm. fruit that you're experiencing is so beautiful. And, um, and I just say that as a word of hope to our listeners, like whatever pain you need to go through of, of being undone, you know, and allowing Mm -hmm. wounds to be healed, it leads to a resurrection. It doesn't just lead to more pain. You know, this is the promise of God and we have to hang on to the promise. He's a good father in every way and he's a life giver and that's what Mm -hmm. he's all about. So he wants to bring life to the dead places in us, the cold places, the places where we're like, I don't know how to do this another way. Mm -hmm. He's the way. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the way, you know, so uh, we're not lost. I think we just need to cling to him and allow him to teach us and also to be able to share with one another, like our friendship and us being able to share vulnerably with each other, there's so much fruit that comes from that. Just the encouragement of knowing I'm not in this alone. There's other people journeying. The hope that comes from me hearing you both, you know, share about the victories that are happening in your own lives. Like, I hope that for those listening, you're able to find someone to journey with, to share mm-hmm. in the journey, to share the struggles, to pray with each other and to encourage each other. Sister, mm-hmm. what are your final thoughts? I just might think my final thoughts is one of the quotes here from page 127 where Henry Nouwen says, spiritual fatherhood has nothing to do with power or control. It is a fatherhood of compassion. And I have to keep looking at the father embracing the prodigal son to catch a glimpse of this. And I think that's the continual journey of us gazing on the face of the father, of us gazing on the face of Christ and allowing the transformation to continually take place. And And all of us are on a journey, you know, all of us, Yeah. Every single person on the face of the earth is on a journey and amen. And may it always be so, right? That we would Mm -hmm. allow the Lord to 
to continue to gather us into these places and to, and to walk into these places and to know that like Michelle is saying as well as you, that the, the journey is, that's it. That's the journey. And that's, that's where we're going. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing. That is and a, that's beautiful a beautiful thing. thing. And I would yeah. just invite our listeners in that last part when he's talking about grieving and forgiveness and generosity mm-hmm. to really lean into those pages to really look like, what is it that you need to grieve? Like, what is it in that your heart that has broken your heart? And mm-hmm. I just love Henry Nowen's definition. It says, grief asked me to allow the sins of the world, my own included, to pierce my heart and make me shed tears, many tears for them. There is no compassion without many tears. If there can't be tears that stream from my eyes, they have to be at least tears that well up in my heart. That This grieving mm-hmm. is praying. And then he says, but grief is the discipline of the heart that sees the sins of the world and knows itself by the sorrowful price of freedom without which love cannot bloom. And I just feel like that's an important thing is like, I know for a lot of us, and I was sharing with the girls before we recorded, like, like I was saying, not allowing myself to feel completely. And this week, the Lord just has really brought some beautiful things up that I have to grieve things that... Um, have happened to me and things that I have done to others, which I think the things that I have done to others is uh, more painful to me, you know, and it's a sign of maturity. The things that have done to me, I can take them with grace and I can have an understanding of why, because I know their story and I know that that Mm -hmm. is out of their woundedness and brokenness and out of, not out of malice or hurt or just to spite me and Mm -hmm. just allow yourself you know, to grieve and to cry and to lament, like it's a beautiful thing, you know, and then allow yourself to forgive and then to move to that generosity where you just give without measure because you've received without measure. And Mm -hmm. that is like sister was saying earlier, that's the Paschal sacrifice in a way. It's the cycle of becoming. So, yep, ladies. So we are all on this journey to become the father and we could, um, yeah, talk about it forever, but we're out of time. So we are one thing's, Oh, our one thing. Well, speaking of one thing, I've come across a work by, I don't know if I've told, talked, about, talked about this before, by Diedrich von Hildebrand, is a Catholic philosopher. Is the, Alice von Hildebrand is his wife, but uh, he, and she's still alive, but um, he wrote, he's written much. And so, but I've recently come across a work of his, a philosophical work called The Heart. And it's an analysis of human and divine affectivity. And it is outstanding. It is absolutely wonderful. And it's just been so enlightening understanding the human heart and the core of the human heart and what it is and what it's not and the will and also the the, the role of the heart of the an ordered heart of how it receives and he, he calls it tender affectivity and then he talks about the heart of Christ the response of the heart of Christ so if you're up for a good read it's mm. very solid but I would highly recommend it and that for me is my one thing my go Dietrich von Hildebrand so there you go <laughs> yeah. deep love deep. it yeah Heather my dear well, well- yeah, I have two one things today. Um, one of them is just a little gift to our listeners, a playlist I created a couple weeks ago, if you haven't seen it yet, called Return to the Father's Love. You can find Ooh. it on Spotify. Spotify doesn't cost anything, um, so you can just sign up and find it. Uh, the link will be posted on our website. We do have a, a website page that is just for this particular study. So you can find it there. You can also find it in the show notes for this episode. And my other one thing is, um, one of our listeners, Rachel Pearl has a, a group called the Satians and she wrote a song called floodgates based on some personal experiences that she had and just 
looking at the image of Divine Mercy and Rembrandt's Prodigal Son. And it's just a beautiful song. I was very touched and blessed by it this week. So um, that will be in the show notes as well. You can check it out. Michelle. I have two one things also. And so one I have just discovered, and I do not know how I missed this, but Archbishop, he's passed away, Luis Martinez, and his book, True Devotion to the Holy Spirit. Wow. Like just, wow. Like it was really interesting. I was really praying last week and the Lord was just showing me some different things in prayer. And I thought to myself, I'm kind of crazy, but I found this book and then I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. And so it's just amazing. Uh, True devotion to the Holy Spirit, his soul. I just love it. His zeal for the Holy Spirit, how he writes about the Holy Spirit. It is amazing. And then uh, one of our sponsors for the podcast actually sent us a really beautiful care package, um, Shannon from Choose Life. And I just love Shannon. I love the mission, Mm -hmm. but I have her little rosary bracelet wrapped around my wrist right now. And I just love it. And I love like the little moving clasp. So if I'm praying a rosary while I walk around, I can move the clasp and forget where I am, which I forget everything, Mm -hmm. my keys, my coffee, my purse. So it's really nice for me um, for... Uh, to have that, but I love it. I just love that reminder to pray the rosary. And I, yeah, I love Shannon and she's life and everything that she stands yeah, for. So, so awesome. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That is lovely. Well, dear, dear listeners, we have one more episode next week. <laughs> We're going to wrap everything up, um, but it's been a delightful journey to be with you. And we just wish you every beautiful thing this week that you would encounter the father in a new way and receive from him and be a gift to others. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion. 
discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.